0: Hello and welcome back to the Red Sector, a podcast about speedy motorbikes. On today's episode, we're going to break down what was a very interesting Austrian GP. I am today's host, Matt Polanski. Uh, you can follow me on every social media at Matt Polanski1. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by the creator of the Red Sector, Josh. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, very good. It's good to be back. I uh, moved to my new place. I uh, missed last... Not last week's episode, although the last episode, but Eddie O'Shea stood in for me and he was probably better than me. So unfortunately <laughs> he stuck with me
0: again. But I'm back. Yep, man, we couldn't do this without the walking talking motor GP Encyclopedia. That is Bono. Bono, how you doing today?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I've I've got both of you back for once. It's like you know, it, <laughs> it went from like having you every every other week and then Josh every other week and then I went during my graduation for uni, which was just like the first two or three episodes I'd ever, ever missed. Then I came back, then you weren't here, then and Josh wasn't here, and I was left with, I say left with, like Josh says, I, I guess I upgraded to Eddie? Yeah. I don't know, is that an upgrade, Josh? Yep. I, I, I don't, I that's, don't know. Uh, so that's an upgrade. Matt's <laughs> sternly saying that's an upgrade, Josh, yeah. so I take that as an upgrade. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, it's weird to go from like, oh, neither Josh or Matt can join me, and then it's like, out of the blue, both of you are joining me. Well, I'm joining you now because you're you're hosting it this week. So, yeah. No, yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, we're going to get into this like we do every episode with the news. And there was some big news uh, this weekend. Um, we'll start off with the announcement of Tech 3 is going to be going to gas gas bikes. They're still Red Bull KTM or they're still KTM well, RB16 whatever the hell they name them at this point um but they're just gonna be (laughs) rebranded oh oh, rbs are the f1 cars yeah that's that's what i was thinking of um but yeah they're they're still gonna be ktms they're just gonna be rebranded as gas gas um which that like starting off what was that friday morning with that news was big like, and then they announced on top of that that Polo Spargro is going to be going back to Tech 3. Um, so, what were you guys' thoughts whenever this news broke? I was, I think it's cool. Um, David Emmett asked a very interesting question, which um, during the press conference, which was, you know, what gas gases are off road bikes. Why would you make, why would you change the MotoGP branding to gas gas? And they said that in the coming years that GasGas is going to start making street bikes. So that was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I was—I I think it's cool. Bring them in.
1: Yeah, i, I it was a surprise to me, but I, I don't know. I just see it as a red KTM Tech 3, basically.
0: Pretty much. <laughs>
1: that's, that's all I see it as. Yeah, nothing more to add, really. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. might be better with Polon. On it, but, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, yeah no, nah, I, I don't really have much to say on it, really. I mean, it's 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 good branding, good marketing for gas, gas I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't, it depends which way you look at it. I quite liked back in like the mid 2000s when you had like Kawasaki teams and Suzuki teams where like they didn't have any filtering system or like you know anything in 250s and 125s, is what it was back then, so you sort of like there was no scheme to be in, whereas now it's like. If you're on an IO KTM Moto3 bike, it's like, oh, well, if you do well, then you've got a pathway all the way up. And if you're not in that pathway, you've kind of got to break into it. So I guess there's that. But then, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, to to take my kind of mindset away from that and look at it in a sense of, like Josh says, I just it's just a rebranded Tech 3, isn't it, really? I mean, Tech 3 were with Red Bull. If you remember when they had like the Red Bull Cola sort of livery, Mm-hmm. And they went away from Red Bull and were just tech three. I think that might have something to do with it. I mean, they're not exactly winning every week, are they? Tech three, so they they're not shy of in you know introducing a sponsorship. And who better with somebody that does have a scheme? I guess it's not like someone's gonna just come in and throw a load of money at it. Like if Mooney weren't with VR Forty Six and it was just a random team, I'd be like, mm, they could drop out any minute. Like Patronus, do you know what I mean? They kind of just came in and then came back out, but with. VR46. I mean, if VR46 lost a sponsor, I don't think he wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be crying out for a sponsor. Would he like one? Because it, it means he doesn't have to pay it for the majority. But um, with Tech Three, they're not exactly winning every week, so I suppose it's good for that. And um, who knows? We might see, might see Jake Dixon get a uh, chance to go up to GP if that's the case, and he carries on his form.
0: Well, and that was something else that I, I found it like it made me think like. So the ASPAR team is technically a KTM, like, you know, filtering system. Like, I'd never thought about that before. Like, both um, in in, uh, Moto3, Guevara and Garcia, because they're on gas gases, they're technically KTM riders. Like, they're on the KTM, you know, pathway. Yeah. I, I'd never thought about that before until I was watching this. And I'm like, so every Gas Gas is just every Gas Gas rider is just another KTM development rider on top of the Aho riders, the Tech Three riders.
2: Yep, <laughs> literally. Yeah.
0: So, um, the Paul sparger news. I I mean, everybody knew it was coming. Um, the other bit of news that came in the press conference was that they had made another offer to Miguel Oliveira. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't go into what that deal, like what the new offer was. Um, I wonder if maybe had they told Miguel, hey, we're going to go to this gas-gas thing, and that has something to do with him not wanting to resign.
2: Um, I don't know. but I mean, now I look at it in a sense of um... (laughs) – KTM want to just all of a sudden get rid of Miguel and the treatment of Miguel I thought has been pretty poor on KTM's part because they've glorified him and loved him whenever he does well, but then he does bad and then it's get rid of him even though all the KTMs are doing bad. And I look at Remy Gardner, Moto2 world champion, and now he's without a ride, which I thought you know Remy would have definitely been at KTM and I think suits the KTM. I agree with what Eddie O'Shea had to say last week in saying that, you know, Remy looks very suited to that bike in terms of if you were to pick a bike for him to be on, I think an aggressive, bigger bike like a KTM suits him. And now we're looking at the possibility of not only Remy Gardner going to World Superbike, which is a great game for World Superbikes, don't get me wrong, that'll be a great ride for Remy, but he deserves a GP ride. And Ralph Fernandez, who basically begs to stay in Moto2 on all fronts, got, lifted up into gp and my initial thing straight away when that got announced was i hope this is not another LaQuona. and what do you know it's another LaQuona. it's ktm biting the cherry too it's... soon and then just neglecting their riders and i, I just I, for me if i'm a younger rider if i'm like a, a an acosta and my only option for gp next year let's say because obviously acosta's had injuries and whatnot and stuff like that we riding really well Say if they came in and said, right, Tech 3-1, you can go to, go to Most and go to... It'd be a firm no. I, I, it, they, they've got a turnstile on every door, it seems, apart from Brad Binders. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't get it.
1: I don't... I comes think back, it shocking. comes back to
2: the same old problem that we've discussed many, many, yeah. many times. Square pegs in round holes don't... I it, think there's it,
1: been... The, the treatment's all, been shocking of Oliveira. It's been shocking of Fernandez, and it's been shocking of Remy Gardner. No, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know if Remy Gardner's just decided, you know what, I don't want to be in MotoGP anymore. He might have decided yeah. himself, but it, it, from what I've seen, it's just I just don't agree with how the, especially with it with the whole. Fernandez looked like he might have been going to Yamaha last season, and Katie went, "No, you win. You are with us?" and then had the snap announcement which led to like um Petrucci and and uh Laquona finding out or, or not finding out because they were out on the motorbikes. Um and I just think that
2: like it's just one thing after the next, isn't it? It's like just every a terrible... everything, everything yeah. has gone from like bad to worse. Everything on that front. I mean like Josh has just said you've got Petrucci that thinks Fuck that! I ain't doing that again. Laquona that I don't. I think if Laquona got offered back into KTM, I don't think he'd. I don't think it would go. I genuinely yeah, don't think I, I, I just I'm don't understand how
1: Remy Gardner, how he's not lasting more
2: than one season. Well, we're halfway a through the season and he's already been announced yeah. to basically be pushed out. I mean, his dad said. It's I mean, he, he must want to be in GP because it, his dad's saying on Twitter, you know, Remy Moto Moto Two World Champion and you know nothing on the table. It's sort of like he wants to be there. And well, I I just I just find it absolutely ludicrous. I don't I don't get how you can do that to anybody considering that bike. Yeah, piss poor. And And, top and bottom is the bike is crap. I, I said it at the start of the year when that massive KTM flood of hype came in of like, oh, they've done all right in testing, and then they did then they won in Indonesia with ironically Miguel, and it was like oh. KTM are back. They did got a second or something. Did they matter at Qatar with Binder? Did he get a second or third? He was on the podium, I think. And it was like, oh, KTM are doing all right. So they've kind of got a bit to justify sacking riders. Not really, but you know, in terms of being a bit more powerful with where they stand on it, they're sacking riders left and right, bringing them through the whole scheme from top to bottom, bottom to top, should I say? And then they get to the top, they don't give them a chance, and they fuck them off. I. I I think it's poor. Yeah,
1: I think they've been poor. And Fernandez looks like he's jumping ship. Whether he was pushed or no he was jumped, it. we don't know. But, I mean, it looks like he's off to Aprilia. That looks a bit. Um, and, yeah, I just think, yeah, it just annoys me, KTM. I think it's been poor. I think Paul, he don't really have any other option because we we know that um, it looks like uh, Mia, maybe. I don't know what's going on with that. But it looks like Mia's jumping into Honda seat. So Paul had no other option. But I think Paul... Just, just kind of sidestepping into that. I think you know, it, at least he gave it a go. At least he gave Honda a go. It didn't work out. Wrong place, wrong time, maybe. But that can happen with MotoGP. It's half to do with time and more than anything else. I mean, premieres. I kind of feel
2: for him because I think if he rode a, uh, if he rode the right year and the right bike, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean like if he rode a Honda yeah. in like twenty? 20- 19 let's say when like Lorenzo was on it so like when the bike was still competitive so I mean I know the rest of the Hondas work but you know what I'm saying like when the bike was a bit more neutral to other riders even though it's a fucking hard bike to ride maybe it worked out a bit better for him but I think Honda's a whole podcast in itself
1: yeah it's it's for me it's just like Rossi you had to give Ducati a go didn't it it had to happen at some point
0: and it yeah. didn't work out, but you can't, you know, at least you give it a go, same with Paul. Um, and that's that, really. well, did, um One thing for sure is Remy is probably out of there because Wayne Gardner has been going on Twitter, yeah, and that, he, yeah. um, he, has a, he tweeted out, it's hard to believe that after six months in MotoGP, Remy, a world Moto2 champion, will not have a competitive seat in the 2023
2: season. Yeah. Well that's why I quoted a minute ago. That's it's just like
0: Yeah. And then I found another story, Oliveira now offer a three year contract. So apparently KTM has gone to Oliveira and tried to offer him a longer contract at the ga- on the gas gas
2: bike, so I mean if I'm honestly honestly if I'm Miguel and my two options are tech three or RNF, i I'm going to R and
1: Hundred percent. Any day of the week, you go an hour and a half for a Because I see,
2: I see a way Easy. up. I see a scheme that makes more sense, and I don't see myself having a contract ripped out of my hands in the space of six months.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, everyone goes on about Honda being bad to their riders, but I think KTM's stole that crown personally.
2: Well, I think recently, maybe not. Honda you know, have really... sort of like gone back into their shell a little bit, haven't they? Yeah, they've not really too. been in this position. But KTM have never won anything. Never. Yeah. And are, are treating their riders like they, they've, you know, they've got the legacy to win every race. It's like, you, you know, don't. It's like that saying, isn't it? I forget the actual wording of it. Was like, don't throw stones when you live in a glass house, sort of thing. Yeah,
1: like, yeah those in glass houses, yeah.
2: personally. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you're not. I, don't get me wrong. I like, I like KTM. I, I don't have anything maliciously like personal against KTM. But if you were winning races before you'd won world championships or you've been there and done it. Do you know what I mean? Or longest standing team. I'd get it because you want to live up to a legacy. You've got history behind you. You've got a standard and you should have a standard even without that, but you've won the odd race. Do you know what I mean? Like why, why are you throwing riders out that can't ride a bag of shit?
0: right. Yeah. So uh, moving on, I think the bigger part of the news that came over the weekend was next season they're going to introduce sprint races to the race weekend um i hate this idea i don't like it at all i didn't when f1 announced they were going to do sprint races i was like well that's just you're just trying to drum up more money and yeah the people that are going to suffer are going to be the teams that now have to m- maybe fix a damaged vehicle if there's a crash in this sprint race, uh, you have to put more, use more tires. Um, I I I don't like the idea. Um, how do you guys feel about it?
2: I mean, there's pros and cons to everything that comes into MotoGP or any sport for that matter. But like, there's pros and cons. Pros for me are markability. So a whole new topic in itself that we were ranting about before the podcast started in terms of donors accessibility to new markets and their content creators, I think that works in a sense because you can sell it as, you know, more races in one weekend, which there are. The cons being, you know, yeah, the damage, that can happen though at any point. So I get your point, but yeah, there is that and kind of puts a lot more stress on the teams. And ultimately, I think Ryder cares a little bit thrown under the bus here i think f1 have introduced sprint races and dabbled with it they've gone let's add three in the year let's see how they go and moto gp is like we're just doing all we're doing one for every race and it's like yeah what if you get for the first four and go this is really not working you've then got to see it out to the end of the year every single race weekend and i just think Mm -hmm. it just seems another like rash fuck it kind of decision and on that point on that point this is on the back of about a week two weeks after the i think the surveys were finished like you couldn't submit a survey anymore that MotoGP Mm -hmm. released for the for the fans to to submit and i could be wrong here i could be maybe i'm talking about a certain demographic or maybe i spoke to a, a minority but ended up in the grand scheme of things but in my eyes were the majority Every person I spoke to said, not asked. I'm really, I, like, yeah. I'm not bothered. If they add it, then yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. But I did not hear anybody singing for sprint races. And now it's been added. Now on that point, I'll let Josh talk after I just, just say this, right? So on that point, if they're saying, right, that the majority, what seems like the majority of the fans want or don't want this this certain thing, in that survey as well was talking about Fan safety, diversity, inclusion, and all the rest of it—right, social issues. Now, if they've taken everything we've said and done the opposite, does that also mean that everything we submitted about how we feel about, you know, the funding and the budget that we've got paying for tickets, or how we feel in terms of how comfortable we are in the environment that we that we're in at GP races, or inclusion of different races and different, you know, cultures coming into GP—are we going to do the opposite in that? Because I guarantee the majority of people have said include more people. Do you know what I mean? Have have more more of a diverse paddock, have more of a diverse grid, have more of a diverse crew and everything else. Like, include more culture. Do you know what I mean? Don't have it as though like mm-hmm. all white European riders. And I'm not saying that, that you know, uh, the point is inclusion. Everyone surely, or at least the majority would have voted for that, like more inclusion. Now they've gone against everyone's thought on the sprint races. so. Have they gone against everything else? I don't know. It just like we were discussing before, which I'm sure Josh will say, it's like Donna have looked at it and gone, right, that's what you want. Okay, let's do the absolute opposite. But yeah. Pros and cons, yeah. but we'll see.
1: Yeah, they're idiots. Donor are idiots. The morons. So, <laughs> oh, simply, simply oh yeah, oh, oh, let's have sprint races. Oh, but let's not let's not do maybe four or five just to test it out. Like Hello, let's have one at let's all of them. Let's have one at Assen. Let's have one at this place and that place. I've gone, let's have a sprint race at every fucking race. And we've never <laughs> fucking done it before. We've never tried it before. So let's do them all every race, right? Um, let's not tell the riders either so they can find out secondhand, even though it's them the ones that are going to be doing the sprint race. But they're not going to know about it until this announcement. Um Yeah, fan survey, which probably most people said they don't really fancy a sprint race, but I will have one of them anyway because it's already been decided. It's just ridiculous. I just, what are they doing? That's not solving the problem. There's the the fundamental. All right, so we're going to have, we're probably going to have more mediocre races then. Is that it? Is that the solution to the problem? Because to me, right, that's all that can be achieved. Uh, the fundamental problem of MotoGP is whether it is the tyres aren't good enough for the current technology or we need to just rain back on the air or rain back on the ride out devices just to make a more exciting race. Because that's the thing, right? MotoGP, the one thing, because it is the F1 of the motorbike world, whether we like it or not, it is. And it will always right. be compared to F1 because that's what we are. We're a prototype racing series just like F1 is a prototype racing series, right? Mm-hmm. And... The thing that F that MotoGP has over Formula One is the racing. The quality of on-track racing is better. Okay, but unfortunately, they're becoming so over-engineered the bikes. It's just not as exciting as it used to be. It's not as fun. It, it's more difficult to pass. People don't want to really try and pass because again, stewarding decisions are also shite as well, which is putting people off. Right. GP doesn't have the benefit of pit stops. It doesn't have the benefit of radio, team radios. It doesn't have the benefit of um, safety cars or virtual safety cars. It doesn't have that. It relies solely on on-track action. And unfortunately, at the moment, the on-track action isn't that good. And Donna's solution to that problem is to just have more mediocre races, right? And again, if you're having... Like it's been mentioned, if, you, if you're having more of these sprint races, people are going to take risks. If it's going to crash a bike and you're going to get injured in a sprint race, which is worth like however many points, which isn't as much as a feature race. No one's going to go race for it. As well. no, no one's, no one's gonna gonna going like
2: for it. Stick a limb out. you know what I mean? No,
1: it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. The fact that there's not been any consultation or the fact that they've not done the smart thing, which F1 did and thought we'll trial it for a few races of the year. They easily could have done that. They could have been like Mugello, Assen, yeah. um, I don't know, Philip Island, Meteggi, one in each continent. Uh, Kota will have five sprint races, right? We'll have five and we'll trial it. Right. They've gone, oh, it's just, oh, honestly, as much as I say I'm on the fence about it because I want it to work well and it might, I'm really not on the fence. I think, I think Julian Ryder put a tweet out about some. it's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist or something. That yeah, player. no.
2: That I think I think that that exact saying that that's that that phrase hits the nail on the head. Like it's like mm-hmm. oh, F one I've done sprint races. Uh, 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 f- fuck it, yeah. Let's let's put one in for every race. Like why? Like why? Everyone why? that does watch it and when yeah, I can be asked to do a half an hour survey. Like even like I'm not saying Josh isn't a fucking fan or anything like that, but Josh didn't like jump the gun to be like oh. I need to do the survey, but I I don't know if you ended up doing it or what. Yeah. like So the people (laughs) that could be asked to do it have been like, right. They're finally listening to us. No sprint races. Oh, well, I'm glad I did that survey. What's this sprint race, every race fucking brilliant. Like, Oh, I just, I would love, I would love to just be a fly on the wall at Dorner and just see who, who sat there in that room and gone, right, let's have a look at the results. Okay. The majority of people are saying no sprint races. What do we think? Well, I think we should have a sprint race. Okay, well maybe if we just trial it. What about if we do two or three? No, nah, every race. Why? Why? Right. Uh, th- that to me, I mean, well, imagine and- if they said, imagine if they said in the survey, would you prefer the old qualifying format? Which, to be honest, like in Moto Two, used to be dry as fuck, like dry. It was like forty minutes or something of just go out and set the quickest lap. Like, you, if you weren't diehard or anything, or if you weren't a real, real fan, I could completely understand you sitting there thinking, this is dry as anything. Because it was. It had no excitement. There was no, you know, there was no, like, oh, last last run out and the, the timing for everyone to start, like, you know, getting into Q1, Q2. So that format worked. If they brought, brought the question out and said, would you prefer to revert back to the old format? And they said, no. Are they going to go and fucking put that back in? Like, what? What's the point? I like th- honestly. It's like, they, it's like this hierarchy of Dorna sat there thinking, Well, we're better than that. I, I, they say they don't want it, but they'll, they'll like it, they'll like it. But like, Josh we said, know better than them, yeah, exactly. Like, how can you see that when you're looking at it from only a business point of view? You're not looking at it from a fan's point of view because you're not paying 30 40 pounds a month to sit and tune into it and watch it every week, I'm you're not sitting the- there. And going like, I'm go- looking from a customer's point of view because you're not a fucking customer. The customers are giving their yeah. fucking speech on saying no sprint races. And they're going, you know what? Fuck the customer. We're putting what we want in.
1: And does that mean ticket prices are going to go up on a weekend?
2: abso fucking lootly. Of, of course they it are. Is.
1: Because the manufacturers are probably going to go around and say, look, we're racing more. If we're racing more, it's probably going to cost more because there's going to be more crashes. And we Mm. need that money. Like, Suzuki just pulled out because they said, basically, we can't afford to be in this sport anymore. (laughs) And then they've they've got added more races.
2: Think of it this way, Josh, in terms of ticket prices will go up and it'll cost a little bit more for teams, don't get me wrong. But who's going to pay pay the biggest price? Us. We're going to pay the biggest price because we're our ticket, in terms of the percentage of where we're at now ticket prices, how much they're going to go up, the the actual inflation of that compared to the inflation of what donor will earn, not lose, is is bizarre because they're not going to lose money for it. They're going to gain. It doesn't doesn't change donor's perspective on it. You know that they're earning more money for it, aren't they? From a business point of view, to to sell more races, right? So because of that, they can increase the pricing of the TV rights. So if they increase the rights mm-hmm. of the TV rights. Our packages will go up to watch it at home. It'll cost more to go to a race, but where, where are donors losing out? They're not. I mean, they're not. BT's... They are long term, but short term, the inflation not, will, mean, it won't go anywhere for them. BT Sports already going up soon. Well, there you go.
1: Buy another, I think you see that another five or a month, or even a ten a month. So that's already going
2: up. And again, you sit there and think, oh. well, what am I gaining from it? What What are you gaining from it? Because yeah. like Josh says, the, the racing's, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm all for sitting there and saying that I think the racing is good enough. I think the racing is good enough. Has it been better? Absolutely. Yeah, it has been better. But we'll not move any further forward on saying, hang on a minute, guys. What about turning aero down a little bit? Or what about, you know, making maybe what, we, what are we doing now that we weren't doing or were doing in 2015-14 when the racing was brilliant that we've now sort of lost that little edge winglets, start devices, and people turn around and say, yeah, but if you take them away, it's ridiculously dangerous because the speed that they're going, and I've said it before, and I'll say it until the day I die, I would rather be 10 mile an hour slower and not be anywhere near the speed record, but I've better racing than not. Look at F1. The cars are naturally slower, but they've adapted them for what? For racing. Because mm. they know before mm. that, that they could have safety cars, they could have pit stops, they could have every fucking you know hurdle in the way to, to bunch up the pack, but you couldn't race, you couldn't get close. Now you can get closer. The percentage of overtakes has gone up by 68%, I think, on average in F1 this year, because they've adapted the regulations. GP are adapting them further and further away from racing, but don't have, like Josh says, safety car, pit stops, team radio. So F1 are losing out a little bit on, you know, not having as good a racing opportunity as MotoGP, but they're trying to move forward in that sense, because they know that's what brings the, the fans in, that's what the fans want. The fans want a certain thing in GP, and don't want to move further away from it. I, yeah. I, that's the absolute, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it in a nutshell, for me, that's it in a nutshell. Well, I and... want to know why the gap's getting bigger between F1 and GP. What I've just said there is exactly it.
0: Well, and then they're saying that the results of the, these spurt races aren't going to count as, like, race wins.
2: Every other so what the hell is to, the point of doing them? If you,
0: you what? Okay, what happens? Look at okay, um this race. We'll get into it in a little bit. Uh, Juan Mir crashes on the first lap. Hey, he has a torn ligament in his leg. If that's in a sprint race, then and it doesn't count for anything. What the hell was the point? He's injured for nothing. Think about you know, it. What happens think, if
2: what? Think about it. If Pecco and Fabio were on like, say, Fabio were fifteen points in front, right, going into Valencia. Mm-hmm. And for a sprint race like F1, I think it is now, it's like, is, is it like the top eight get points and it's like reversal of eight, seven, six? Something eight. like
0: that, yeah.
2: And let's say Pecco see, uh, Fabio sees Pecco in like 10th. Uh, Fabio's not going to sit there and go, I mean, he might, but like naturally he's not going to go, oh, I want to win this race because it's a race, like every other normal person would. And I get that championships at mm-hmm. stake, but he's not going to sit there and fight for it because he thinks, well, I don't want to injure myself. I don't want to take another step for, you know, further forward. I don't want to risk it for tomorrow where the big points are involved. So why do right. it? Who, who's going to get to the end of the sprint race and go, that's perfect for me? Because if, if you've thrown everything at the sprint race, even for that extra point, and you just do, you overstep it by one mark, you've then lost out at the bigger chance tomorrow. Every team manager is going to sit there and say, go for it, but don't overdo it because tomorrow is where the big points yeah. are at.
1: Yeah, and right. another point. Another point to add um, before we wrap this up is, I don't know if you listen to the race podcast about it. They did a men's podcast on on it um, on the sprint racing. Another one. Uh, it, we're going to lose a free practice session, so we're going to have practice one, practice two on a Friday, like weather yep. permitting. So say most of the time the weather's good enough to get them two practice sessions in. But really, how uh, you're going to have one practice session for race setup, and you're going to have Half a practice session maybe for for um you know trialing the race setup, so to speak, and then half the the other practice session' gonna be gonna be a quali a quality session really, but they were saying like it could increase the gap of someone say someone gets a a setup right early on. It could increase that gap so that the the racing isn't any more exciting. Because you have someone that's basically gonna run away with it because they've got the setup, they've had less there's been less time to get a setup and someone's got a, an ideal setup. I think they mentioned like Elish at Argentina as an example, where they had that shortened practice session. Elish obviously had a good setup from the beginning, and everyone else really couldn't had didn't have enough time to, to perfect the setup. And I think oh, you only really had Jorge Martin who 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 kind of battled him for the win. And you might just get more of that
2: kind of thing. Yeah, on the point of Jorge Martín, on the point of Jorge Martín, another fucking dig I will have at Dorna because I'm not having it that it's not Dorna because they're the people. Let's put it politely that hire these fucking. I don't. I, honestly, I don't. I don't want to say what I how I feel about the stewards of MotoGP. Honestly. He'll never fucking listen to this, but Freddie Spencer, I have said it for over a year, can fuck off out this sport quicker <laughs> than anyone. He could fuck off tomorrow, and I would be over the fucking moon. Sorry for the effing, and I don't like swearing on this podcast, but this has really riled me up. Because week on week, we get people pulling shit out of the bag that you think, hmm, that's a penalty, hmm, that's a penalty, hmm. Takanakagami, Catalonia. Takanakagami, Magello. Jorge Martin with his leathers undone at Austria. No penalty. Let's just cycle back. Last year, Fabio Quattararo, because it was on telly and he had his leathers open, penalty. Fabio Quattararo at Assen, crashes in front of a leash, penalty. Honestly... I think I'll just leave it at that. I don't think I need to say anything else. Mm. Honest Freddie right. Spencer, two words, the second one's off. Jake Please.
1: Dixon as well.
2: Yeah, Jake Dixon apparently claims to Iagor and Chantra that he didn't have an airbag in and didn't have a chest protector in. Now, being a Brit, I want Jake Dixon to do as well as he possibly can in, in Moto GP and Moto 2, but that is absolutely idiotic. It's silly, it's wrong, and I'm sorry, Jake, but (sighs) safety comes first. And if you'd have gone Mm -hmm. out there and crashed and something fatal would have happened and people would have found out you didn't have that in, it's, you know, that's worrying. That's really worrying because that makes me think if he's doing it, who else is doing it?
0: Well, and then what what kind of example does it set for the Moto3 kids? They're like, Oh, oh, well, Dixon can do it. Well, yeah, if, I can do it too.
2: Because if they get pulled into race yeah. direction before a race for a Moto2 briefing and someone says, um, you uh, did you have your chest protector out for FP2 at Misano next week? Did you, did you have your chest... I didn't see you... Uh, when you took your leathers off or when you were in garage and you zipped down your leathers, you didn't have a chest protector in. You know what he's going to turn around and say, don't you? Well, Jake Dixon, well, Dixon didn't Dixon have, didn't have in one first, in Austria. Hmm. Honestly, it you, know, you must walk into the Steward's room and must, it must be like a fucking bird box. Everyone must stay a fucking blindfold over their head, just, <laughs> just listening to <laughs> fucking birds go about window because no one in that room seems like they've got a clue what they're on about. No one. Like there is every single decision, like Josh says, in terms of them dragging like fans away, every decision. It's not like bits like like the did I don't know if either of both of you watched the moto three race. I assume you both have. Yes. When it's on you. like, the moves under investigation. Why? He's missed his breaking marker, had to go around the outside, ran off the track, lost positions for it, currently under investigation. Are we for real? Like, are we actually for real? Like... Right. What? And then it said a lap later, nothing to investigate. Yeah, no shit there's nothing to investigate. I could have told right. you that <laughs> as, the, as, as it's happening. But I'd, honestly, I, I would love... I'd lo- you know something if Donna ever turned round god forbid and said yeah red sector come come to a race weekend <laughs> i would pull every string i could to just meet anyone from that race directors room to just see <laughs> how ma- how many brain cells i'm working with because i am sure there's more brain cells in this bottle of lucazade combined of that whole room because honestly <laughs> the decisions they make is her- like it's horrific it is horrific mm-hmm. It, uh, safety, racing, and all round just as a full package, horrific. But on a lighter note, let's move on to Moto Three. Yes,
0: yeah. Uh so going into Moto Three, um, we have a podium of Sasaki, Suzuki, and Mu. Ah, oh, I can't say his name right, Munoz. Um. Munoz
2: if you if you're spanish I, you say munya
0: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm Munoz. not and i'm going to i'd butcher last names it, you know speaking american um i really enjoyed this race i mean yeah. i enjoy every moto 3 race they're so fun to watch you can you know be riders hitting into each other you know not severely but yeah they're they're rubbing elbows they're you know pushing each other uh, Moto three. If uh, I, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably watch all of Moto GP races. But if you're not watching Moto three,
2: there's there's something wrong with you. Well, I know growing up, I'm not going down on a tangent here. But I know growing up, a lot of people used to like a lot of people. I just I used to hear like it from time to time. People saying I only watch the GP, and they didn't use one two fives and two fifties. And me as a kid, I'd be like, what? How can you not watch one two five and two? Because I used to love it. I used to absolutely adore it. Even in like when I used to go and watch it, I used to look forward. Apart from like me being an obsessive Rossi fan, it would be like I used to love listening to like the one two like the two strokes like blaze down the back of Donington and stuff like that. And you, yeah. I mean now, nah, like Moto three is just incredible. You, you can't. There is nowhere on this earth you could go to any race weekend. You could. You could. You could have. Like I don't know if anybody, any, I know you two don't play it. I don't think, but anyone listening that knows what I mean in in regards to st- uh, special stage route X, it's like a massive. I don't know if it's a real track, but it's like a three mile long straight with a massive, like, banked corner with another three mile long straight and another banked corner, and that's it. You could do that in Moto Three, and they'd make it interesting, right? They would. They could make okay. a a drag strip interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's just phenomenal the racing's always so good and I actually I wish I'd have put this out there um for me me race day predictions but I actually sat there and predicted that Sasaki would win and I got the Moto 2-1 right I think not get the GP one right but I did get the Moto 3 and 2-1 right and like Sasaki just just different gravy I mean to get two long laps and I know it's easier in Moto 3 to have long lap penalties and still get something from it but you've still got to do it and to be honest with you Thoroughly deserved. You know, he he looked the quicker rider of the whole pack and had that little bit extra. And even going into that last lap, I I don't blame Suzuki for being a bit more defensive over third and fourth because there was no way he was catching Sasaki. He had to break a leg almost to like, maybe wedge it underneath Sasaki to have a chance of winning that. But some Mm. really good rides, some really good rides.
0: And to get a double, he served a double long lap penalty and was in like, 20th place yeah. after serving the second one. And to yeah. to come back and win, what could he have done if he didn't have those? Players? How big of a gap would he have built? I mean, you look at the final results and Suzuki was .064 behind him.
2: Yeah. I mean, knowing but... they'll probably say, oh, in motor 3 now, nah, you've got to serve your long lap penalties at the end so that you're as far away from any racing as possible. But
0: thing
2: yeah <laughs> it's done already. well and yeah and he wasn't even able to like because they were saying
0: when they came through for the second lap about him going in and doing it and they're like oh no he's going to keep going and i i forget if it was lewis or matt who said it but he's not allowed to serve it on the first lap He they have he has to wait yeah and get the communication over his dashboard that he's allowed to now serve them yeah Which I, um, okay, I get it. Yeah, because you could probably, you could like take it, you know, right on your first lap. Like you could, if you wanted to, start the race, go up and do it, and then it would be like you didn't even get a penalty.
2: I think that's more, it's a little bit like an F1 with the safety car. It's like you can't have DRS for two more laps. It's more the fact of, well, the safety of it, in the sense of if you'd save it on the first lap, you could get wiped out because everyone's so close. The chance of a crash and everything. Yeah, it, it makes sense. It does make sense to be fair, but um, take nothing away from him. Yeah, like I say, phenomenal ride. And the, like, like I was, like I was saying, there's some really good rides. I mean, I felt bad for Dennis Aunty. I, I just want Dennis Aunty to win a race so bad, like so bad. Yeah. I've been waiting, waiting for Dennis Aunty to win a race for years, it seems. Um the Gas Gas boys didn't seem as on it as usual. They always seem really on it. And they didn't seem quite... They didn't have that edge that they've looked like they've had for the rest of the year. And for me, the biggest talking point is Dennis Foggier. It's like hot and cold this year. It's like if, if it's really working for yeah. him, he's phenomenal you know? to watch. He looks like he's shit hot. And then when he's not... If it's not 100%, it's like he's fell into like a mid-pack kind of team. Do you know what I mean, almost? It almost seems like he's riding a bike it's with... bizarre. Like I mean... I, tires I, the thing is, a Honda didn't... It, you can't really
1: say, oh, it's a Hondas, because if you look at Suzuki, he finished second. And he, he, gave, he gave Sasaki a good showing as well, and nearly actually... Mm-hmm. He nearly won the race. So you can't be like, oh, it's just a Honda not performing. I just... I don't really... I don't really know. I, I, I It's just Fodger being... Yeah, hot and cold, really. uh, Because he's had a few really good results, and then he's had a few absolute stinkers. Um, And it's just not going really well for him. I mean, are we looking at the the standings-wise? Is it Sasaki now leading? No, not Sasaki, sorry. No, Um,
0: in the the Moto3 standings, Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia's on first was 193. Izan Guevara is in second on 188 Dennis Foggia is in third on 144
2: and just to so know, the gas gas, gas boys on are running away with this Sasaki's on 138 and if I'm being honest yep over a full season at what seems like I'm taking the half, first half of the season and the second half of the season, I think as Sasaki's gained momentum and found that race win he's looked even better and he is. I, I think I think Sasaki's in for a shout out for a top three and maybe even a promotion to Moto 2 with that if you know like if the likes of Agora go to um, go to GP then maybe I mean Eddie made the point of yeah, yeah. Mario Agi um going up to
1: Oh actually, Asia, yeah
2: Yeah, because of his height but you know the likes of Sasaki because of his experience and because of him really showing good this year I I can see you know two race wins as well on a bike that's not really written for race wins as opposed to like a Leopard bike. I think Sasaki is going to put himself in good stead for the last year. And maybe, who knows, if we have a couple of DNFs here and there for Sergio Garcia and his Guevara, maybe Sasaki can get in there. But if Guevara and Garcia continue the consistency that they've had, I can't see them breaking into it, if I'm being totally honest. Um, I think Guevara will come good by the end of the year. That's my prediction.
0: Mm -hmm. And and then looking at the uh, English riders, you got John McPhee in ninth place. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, be, Scott Ogden twenty first.
2: There'll be some people there in that John uh, Matt. John British.
0: Scottish. Say
2: British. Mm-hmm. Can't say can't say English and then say John well, McFay. you,
0: you it, if Scott, you look any on Scott, there it says great
2: <laughs> any Scott that has heard me say that will be saying fucking damn right as well. Like they, they are that's a <laughs> you don't do that. You do really honestly you're playing with fire there, Matt.
1: It's like saying all Pennsylvanians are Philadelphians, you know? You can go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: exactly. But
0: if you look, if you look on the website, he's listed as Great Britain, and he's got the.
2: That's yeah, like me labs. saying, like, oh, all all North Amer- all, all Americans are referring to North America, and then putting a Canadian or a Mexican, and they'd be like, "No, nah, hang on a minute, we're not American." Like, yeah. Bloody you know, <laughs> well, USA. Uh, I,
1: I yeah.
2: Had to stop. Had to stop you. I had to stop you for for my my, for my <laughs> Scots of the world. Put your I
0: own sanity. To... <laughs> uh but you got scott ogden finishing 21st first and josh Watley finishing 29th so yeah. not a great showing for the boys but yeah it's gonna happen
2: yeah yeah i, I think red I'd bull be... ring
0: is one of those one of those tracks where it's like the fastest people are you they're just gonna dominate that track
2: yeah i mean I, I, it's kind of a, a weird weekend because there's some really good rides and there's some really like, oh, that's a bit of a disappointment. I mean, obviously we mentioned Dennis Foggia. But um, yeah, no, I mean, in, in all honesty, I was. if we're going to go on to rider of the day, um, I'm just going to nominate yeah. uh, Diego Moreira. That's my rider of the day. I think I watched him from the hillsides in Magella, I remember watching him high side on that last corner. I felt really bad for him because he raced so well. And... He just seems to always be there when he's in, when he's fully fit and fully at it, and he's a rookie still. So you've got to remember, um, and I just, I'm just so impressed with him. He, he, I really do think he'll come good. And sixth place, having come back from injury, keeps getting better and better. And yeah, I, I'm really impressed with him. Obviously, you have got David Munoz, who we seem to just gloss over the fact that he's 16 and. Raw yeah. as anything and you know yeah uh, it's, it's uh, incredible yes. but i'd, I'd have it's to give it a diego Moreira because i think munos is a standout but Moreira still deserves a lot of credit for that ride yeah as you, well as munioff did so well as well as sasaki but you know we don't pick the winner but yeah well
1: i mean <laughs> i don't but <laughs> i don't Josh, it's, who are you picking? it's a tough one i i think this one and it well actually this one's probably that did more the most difficult of the three to pick a ride of the day. Um, in my opinion. because uh, there's so many shouts for it. But uh I think I'll probably go Daniel Holgado in eighth.
2: I was gonna I, mean, you know something, I was gonna mention it. The first half of that race yeah, really impressed me.
1: He, he really did, yeah. I mean McPhee again, honourable mention in ninth, he's he's come straight. He's done he's since coming back from his injury, he's done really well. Um but again Holgado being a rookie and um Being new to it, still first season and whatnot, he's uh, and that again. I really thought he was on for maybe a a podium or a win in the early half, early part of the race.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna break our cardinal rule. I'm taking Sasaki to get a to get a double long
2: lap penalty after months sabbatical and then picks race winner on race one. I mean.
0: You're goddamn right. I did.
2: You're not gonna to get
0: a double long lap penalty and win.
2: I was thinking.
0: (laughs) I mean, I mean, just that performance. He, yeah, he got the win. He deserves rider of the day. Yeah, like people don't come back from that punishment. You get a double long lap, and you see the person finishing like 24th or something like that. To get a double long lap and be like, all right, doesn't matter, bye. And his win pace. the
1: race. He was just on it. He was, I mean... His pace was ridiculous. Really Yeah,
0: lost. so... Moving on to Moto2, we have a podium of Ayagura, Somcat Chantra, and Jake Dixon. I... <laughs> this race... For me, the best part was the last, like, couple laps because once who was it um that was following him who crashed out um
2: who was following uh, who, who what oh, Wasn't you mean there, vietti, a, there was a person vietti, 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 yeah, 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 oh yeah yeah vietti he, when he, yeah when he, he went down his own feet didn't he in a sense he was like he was so much quicker not so much but a lot lot quicker than like Chantra, that he was almost building up mm-hmm. to that turn three and went right let's get a good drive. and he'd already sort of moved on ante and then I fell in front on him. Sorry man, they to cut you off, but yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I feel quite bad.
0: But like watching that battle was great and then once he once Vietti crashed out, you know, you're just watching the um uh, guys run away with it. They had a five second gap back to Jake Dixon. By the end of the race they had a seven point eight second gap.
2: I mean they were yeah, quick, don't then... get me wrong, but like the, the first few laps, it's like everybody other than Agora wanted to just like fucking make a mistake or trip up. Like n- nobody yep. wanted to actually just sit and be like, right, let's stick behind a couple of people for a lap. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone wants to run wide, everyone at turn four, everyone wanted to like lunge at turn two, everyone wanted to like go three abreast into turn one. Like guys, Agora's getting away, but like, no, 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 we're, we're racing for P3 here. Like, Mm -hmm. why (laughs) why (laughs) and then that's why when vietti got in front and had a bit of space he caught up right and but the last
0: i I forget how many laps it was yeah the commentators are talking about chantra got on his race board second p2 okay yeah
2: i I think (laughs) chantra read that and went fuck you I genuinely sat yeah, there and went, the... please. Come on, Chantra, please. Like, not not because I'm like, right? Tantra, I was just like, there's nothing better than a team rivalry. That that to me is just like, you know, Rossi Lorenzo sort of like I just like yep. just have a dig. Someone <laughs> well, have a dig.
0: And then he makes the move. They the camera cuts back, and Chantra is in front of a girl all of a sudden, and the commentator's like lost her was Like, what is he doing? It was so great, and I, I was – as soon as I saw Chandra in front and, like, realized what was happening, I jumped up off my couch and was there. I'm like, oh, please hold the position.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I just thought, like, imagine – Just – Imagine, because they, they crossed the line and they were, like, laughing and whatever. Can you imagine yep. the reception he would have got walking into a Japanese team on a Japanese sort of funded bike with a Japanese teammate having just snubbed him just on the last lap, on the last told, corner. do not overtake him, and just waltzes right. in with a, with a trophy like, great weekend, guys. See you in the like, That would have been <laughs> the biggest shit out of the weekend. Just like... And as well, oh, it just seemed yeah. like he was... You know, when Vietti got close, it seemed like he was very happy and being like, you know, I'm not going to try and catch a gore. I'm happy to just sit here and see how it goes. And then the last two laps, I right. thought, he's he's going for it. There, there is no way... you got to think about it. no way your Chantra you see plus seven behind you. You're thinking, oh, well, if P2 is all right and I'm doing the moral thing for the team, I'll just, I'll sit a second behind Agora, save the tyres, risk no risk of crashing, jobs are good. Un. And then the gap started going from 0.6 to 0.5 to 0.4 to 0.3. And I thought, there is no way on this earth with two and a half, like one and a half, one lap to go, you are sitting two tenths behind a race win with seven seconds behind you and going, yep. I'm happy with this. There's just no, as soon as it panned to like Acosta no. and Dixon diving, I was like, no, I, I literally said right there. And then I was watching it at home and I was like, I, get, I bet you any money. I said to the people, I was like, I bet you any money. Any money that there's been an overtake, I bet you, even if he's missed it, and literally as it panned across, Chantra's going too wide into the penultimate corner. And I was like, oh, my (laughs) God. I was like, imagine if you just saw the front end go bang. Oh, my God. I would have been
0: screaming And then as they came around through the final corner and Agura's passing Chantra back, I was like,
2: oh, they're going to crash. I would have, honestly, I would have just been like, I would have been – in shock but i would have i would have loved it if they just wiped one another out oh yeah. it, would have, it would have just made for such good drama in moto 2 like mm-hmm. i don't know
0: but and i was watching this race on a delay uh and if you watch on the video pass um they put little like across the track bar on the bottom they put little like icon like oh, a little yeah, color yeah. icon and there was one it was red and that usually means a crash or some incident like that has happened and uh i knew that something was coming and when uh vietti crashed out i generally like gasped, like oh my god he crashed and i'm like <laughs> i i knew something was coming i knew there was a crash but that's how like, like invested and you're like wrapped up i was so excited to watch vietti be coming and then when he crashed I'm like oh no
2: like yes, i said so that... I,
0: I knew it was coming and it was just like i was so this race got me so excited and so like wrapped up in it i completely forgot an incident was gonna happen and then when it was vietti i'm like oh this is big
1: yeah, yeah. He's, uh that was huge for his championship massive mm-hmm. he's kind of it was hanging on there a little bit because he had that kind of early leads that was quite stretched out, wasn't it? He was quite far ahead early on. Um, yeah. But it has been slowly chipped away at. And then, you know, this was, his, this was a, an opportunity to kind of regain momentum maybe. And yeah, it's a massive blow. Like, I don't I think if he would have won that fight.
2: race. Yeah, I don't know. I think if Vietti yeah, would have won that race, it would have been like, a, right, I've got my form back a little bit. But it's almost like now he's chasing his mm-hmm. tail even more. But um, yeah, M- Moto2 has been so good this year. Like it actually has. It's been yeah. it, it's been one of the best years for Moto Two, I think, uh, and not even for you know. It's not like we've had. I mean, you just think of the riders we've got through. I mean, you've got Pedro Costa, one of the biggest talents the sport's seen in the last generation. We've got Augusto Fernandez, who looks like he's on a new form of life at KTM. He looks like he's really found his feet. You've got people like Aaron Canet, who've not even won a race, but always look dangerous. You've got a mm. Brit in Jake mm-hmm. Dixon, that looks like you know that's somebody else put into the mix. You've got Vietti, who's you know a prodigy of, of of Rossi, so you've got that Italian sort of rider and whatnot, and you've got Agora, Japanese rider. You've got Chantra. so you, like they've got all sort of different rider, different styles. You do you know I mean it's not like a, a two Spaniards or like two a same team last year where as good as they were Gardner and Fernandez, it's like you know it did a little bit. Well, we're going to win straight. Way. Whereas now, there's, there's just so many people from so many different, like, you, you, you know, it's just like, it, it, it adds so much more to the it's race exciting. weekend when you've got yeah. a, mm-hmm. a category that isn't Moto3 where it's all elbows and you've got a category that isn't all GP that's just the biggest prize. And Moto2 is no longer like a filler. I felt like there were certain races at certain years gone by where it's just felt like, oh, it's just filling the space. but Now, Moto2, as of right now, is like, a, I've got to watch Moto2. Like, you don't know what happened. Mm-hmm it's it's so much more competitive at that level. And I, I, yeah, well, I love you've it. you've got more,
1: yeah. You've got the racing so good. Uh, the racing kind of reminds me how 800s racing was, I guess. Um, and again, you've got all these different talents. They're all vying, and they're all kind of on the same wavelength. And they're all um, on similar, well, they're on pretty much similar machinery. Um, yeah. And they're just, they're, they're putting on a good show, and it's exciting to watch. Same with Moto3, that's exciting to watch. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, the GP of the three is probably, for me anyway, the least exciting. It's still exciting, but it is at the moment the least. But Moto2 is always a joy to watch, I'd say. And maybe not this race, this race just gone. It was a bit of the, the you know, Chantra and Agora broke away, and that was it. Um, but that was still a bit exciting because Mm -hmm. we didn't know who was going to win out of them two. And it really, you know, another lap and maybe Chantra would have done it. But,
0: um,
2: yeah. yeah. Rider of the day.
0: Yeah. uh, Well, we got to go through the uh, British or the Great Britain and Americans. Um, you got Dixon in third. You have Cambobier in 13th. Joe Roberts in 14th. Um, rory skinner was racing for american racing this weekend um so he finished 21st and then you have sean Dillon kelly who crashed out 20 laps short so that one i'm i'm really getting bummed out about that like he just cannot seem to not crash anymore
2: yeah i think it's so, a yeah. of call whether he's in that paddock next year not I don't think necessarily through them not wanting him. I think they want him. I just don't know if he wants to keep trying to get yeah. good at Moto two rather than just go back to Moto America. Um but right. I mean I, I guess we'll see. Um but yeah, no, I, I'm really happy with Rory Skinner. He's not crashed out of either race. I'm dealing at bosses, And quite honestly, I think it's great experience for him. I, I really hope it does what his name it's is just. It, it in it heart. Just kept his head down,
1: haven't they?
2: And he's yes. just pr- even mm-hmm. if he doesn't get a ride from it even if he doesn't get a ride from it he's, he's done me he's done me proud anyway i think he's done a lot of people in the uk are very very proud having come in and rode a very difficult machine compared to where he's used to you know i, th- I think he's done really well all right um
0: so rider of the day i'm going to go with um Alonzo lopez again and this this guy just keeps impressing me. You know, he was in the lead at one point, and on a Bosca Scuro, which is not that good. I mean, you look at the it's better than what uh, it has. finishing it's order Cali. right. But you look at the next, like at the finishing order, there is no other Bosca Scuro because the other one crashed out with uh Don't don't say anything about And,
2: it. and like really you not. just. We'll, we will we will be having words if you say anything about about it.
0: <laughs> but like you look, and it's just like a sea of Calexes and then there's one Bosca Skirt. and then you go all the way down to nineteenth where there's an Envy Augusta. Yeah, like that kid's doing stuff. That bike, that it's it just shouldn't be done.
2: Yeah, no, great, <clears throat> great ride. To be honest with you, and um, Pedro Costa's not my pick, but. I mean, P4 coming back from injury. Yep. that's And not just a little injury, like
0: shattered his femur.
2: Yeah. And again, rookie. I mean, he's not had three years on a Moto2 bike. It's Never rode that track on a Moto2 bike. Never rode that track, Mm -hmm. essentially, with the new adaptations to it, which is even worse for him. If anything, with that injury, with it being very little left turns, he would have thought brilliant, you know. Loads of straights, a couple of left turns, and then they had a chicane to it. and He's like,
1: oh, yeah, he's uh, still brilliant ride. He's, I think he he might sweep the floor next season uh, if yeah. he, if he if uh, he's obviously. Um, we kind of all didn't. We all should have known this was probably how it would have gone, but everyone had high expectations. But you know, he's probably just gone into the season and being like, look, I'm just gonna take my time, warm into it. And injuries obviously kind of prolonged that period but I think he's just he's just taking it slow and I tell you what, next season I think he's gonna be he's gonna he's gonna smash it, I think. Obviously he'll probably have yeah. competition because moto 2 is is competitive but uh, KTM <clears throat> are gonna I think KTM are gonna have a big headache from next season.
2: Twenty twenty four Pedro has yeah, GP.
1: Yeah, for a season <laughs> before he gets kicked out. Yeah
2: KTM way, game, Yeah. Um is that is that your hour of the day then, Josh, or uh
1: ooh, uh two sex. I
2: can give it Jake Dixon if you like. I, I was thinking very well. I mean he made a few mistakes which kind I of was did sinking frustrate Dixon. me, but yeah. I was
1: thinking another podium for Dixon. Um so yeah, I'll give it to Dixon actually. If a Brit gets um, a podium, I have to give it to him. Simple as that.
2: Yeah. Same can't be <laughs> said for That's him. Your That's role. That <laughs> Um, um, my, my rider of the day, brought... oh, no, yeah. go on, go on, then, Matt. Go on, go on, make your point.
0: No, you're good because it's, it's something with MotoGP. I thought we, I, I forgot you didn't pick someone yet. Good, see,
2: look, it's just he's lost, <laughs> <his way, laughs> lost his way, oh, auntie. <laughs> he's lost his way. Um, my rider of the day is Agius. I genuinely think for someone to come in on very late notice for Mark VDS and mm-hmm ride for a top, top team, and at one point was fighting in the points, I think he's looked... I, honestly, it'll be a Moto2. I think he'll be a Moto2 next year. And anyone that knows anything about anything within this paddock looks at that and goes, he's 34 seconds on his first ever weekend off of the race leader that was seven seconds in front of everybody else. So let's call it 25, 26, something seconds or whatever, off of the race leader which is roughly like, what, a second a lap, on your first ever race weekend. That, uh, honestly, really, really impressed. He might, have, he might have crossed the line in 17th, but i would tell you something now. If, if Sam Lowe's wasn't... I mean, I'm not saying this is why he's got the ride or anything, but Sam Lowe's being married to the team manager of Mark VDS does sort of help his chances staying in that team. I do think if it wasn't that case, I would be looking at that at Mark VDS and saying, well that's definitely an option. And anyone that's, you know, looking to get rid of a rider or looking for new fresh blood in their team, I'd be having him. Definite. I think he did really well. So, yeah, it might be 17th, but he's beat people that have been there for a lot longer than he has, i.e. Simone Corsi, i.e. Zonta van der Gerberg, Marcos Ramirez, and everybody else that's crashed out. So, yeah, that's my pick.
0: Yeah, um... Moving on to MotoGP, something we didn't talk about was the new chicane. Like, what were your guys' thoughts on the on the new chicane? Um, I mean, it's
2: safer, so I I, I it agree. is safer, yeah.
0: right? I don't
1: know if it's it still needs work because mm. there was a couple of occasions where, or at least one I remember was it Moto two uh who who fell off at the chicane or might have been been g p um El
2: wasn't it yeah, the the, it, yeah. The... In in he hell, almost it like
1: almost went over to the other side of the chicane, yep um so maybe i I know they probably wouldn't have been able to do it, but maybe it would have been it. to I say it would have made more sense to do the chicane the other way, but it probably would have led to the same result anyway, but either way, it's an improvement to step in the right direction. You know, we're not gonna get right. a Zarko um, Morbidelli. We're not gonna incident. get, yeah, we're not we're not gonna get that again. A Zarko um,
0: Morbidelli incident.
1: Yeah, and it, it makes it a bit more interesting uh, the racing because, of course, Austria is quite quite a short trip circuit. There's not really much to it, um, so it adds it does add a bit more technicality to it. And yeah, it was good to see because everyone had to get used to the braking zones, and you saw people make mistakes like uh, Jorge Martin. Um, went over, didn't he? Went, he went through the chicane, so yeah, um, no, I thought it was a, a welcome addition, really.
0: Yeah, I, I'm looking at an image here on motorsport.com, uh, an article Lewis Duncan put up, and it, it doesn't, like, you can't do gravel trap there at all. Like, they've got little red and white sections in there. You, you couldn't do gravel trap because if, like what happened with Aldegar, if he goes off there, he's going to spray gravel onto the track
2: plus gravel's there to slow people down and to soften the landing of mm. like you know when you get in there right so if you have little pockets of that you're causing more issues actually than you are preventing them because you've got gravel on the track you've then got nothing being right. slowed down but then just sprayed everywhere as well as on the track you know You I mean you just, you just don't want that at all
0: maybe you could put like the, they have those air fences i'm sure i'm I sure they could put the those up and then if just, you get nudged
2: off, then yeah. you've not made any error. You don't want to be going into an air fence. I, I did think it myself, but yeah, right. I don't know. I, it's I, I'm not going to like criticize them massively because they've trialed it, haven't they? And you know, it just needs a bit of work. But right. um, that that would be my view on sprint races as well. But you know, don't I don't think like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I um, I think if anybody wants to know how to take that first couple, those turn A and two B corners as they're called, just Ring Fabio, and he'll show you how it's done. So, yeah.
0: Right. Um, but, yeah, moving on to MotoGP, we have a podium of Peco Banyaya, Fabio Quattara, and Jack Miller. And I think you extend this race maybe like another lap or two, and Fabio's got the win.
2: Which is uh-huh. unbelievable to say at Red Bull. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, possibly. Possibly would have had
2: unbelievable. I literally said, "I was like, if he'd have overtaken Miller, or like you said, a three laps more on the end, he would." I'm yep. not having it that like, oh, you know, Pecco kind of eased off or anything like that. No, like Fabio's pace on those worn tires was incredible, incredible. Right. Like, I honestly, you already know, he's my rider of the day. I, I, I was so <laughs> no chat. <disgusted. shit. laughs> no. Uh, honestly, I was amazed at how well he wrote that to, that for me if you were to pick a race that is not won and say ride best ride i've ever seen that's up there that is up there to take a yamaha that is that slow compared to ducati in a straight line go to red bull ring which if you're ducati right you must be sitting there saying This is the race. Like, if we're going to take as many points off of him, this is the one to do it. Like, it has to be with the quickest in a straight line. He's the slowest. There's eight of us, one of him essentially. We've got to absolutely Muller him. And if you, if you're, you could see Gigi. Do you see Gigi Deligny's face when he overtook Miller, and his face, he had his head in his hands, like (laughs) it. It was a. It was a. What the fuck do we have to do to get rid of this guy? (laughs) Genuinely, like. And that, oh yeah, to be a body language expert to 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 understand that, like watching it, you could see the for fuck's sake kind of look in his face, like this is unbelievable. Honestly, ten out of ten. Like it, I know Simon Patterson's ratings are stupid most weeks, right? But if that's not a ten out of ten, and you go, oh well, he didn't win the race. I I don't hear. I don't want to hear it. It's like. You Yamaha plus Red Bull Ring never should equal fighting for the win. It just shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just just certain races that just shouldn't that shouldn't happen. And go and ask the other Yamaha riders. See how they feel. Because I mean it's not like Honda where they're all they're all doing shit, right? The fact that if, if that's the if that's the problem, you say, well, no one can do anything on that. If I'm every other Yamaha rider, I'd be like. I have just got no idea what to say at this point. He's fighting for wins against Ducatis around a Ducati track on a Yamaha. Yep. Unbelievable. That move on Miller, I shot about four feet up in the air. Anyway, <laughs> I'll let Josh talk about the race because otherwise I'll just make it about Fabio. But <laughs> My king. My king.
1: Yeah, he's, he performed so well. He didn't, no one expected him to perform as well as he did. Like, it... It's not a Yamaha track, it's a Ducati track. Obviously, the chicane helped a little bit, but not to a certain degree where Fabio would have been languishing back in eighth or something like that because there was no chicane. But, yeah, I think he's that was a big blow to Ducati. Again, Fabio doing as well as he did because, of course, he only managed five points. He only cut out of Fabio... um, Fabio's ladies, five points, and they were probably expecting 10 minimum. Well, that's I what I'm reckon.
2: saying. If you're Ducati, you must have been going yeah. in thinking, well, we'll get at least two people on podium, maybe an Aprilia, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you, yeah, there would have been like,
1: something around that. Yeah, yeah you, you're not Duke thinking there's a Yamaha good.
2: even in top five. No. So, so.
1: Um, yeah, I think great performance. And again, we, we talk about the championship fight. We can talk about um, Aleish. I think Alesh, maybe he's. He just ain't. He's not got a full season in him. I think he's. We'll. I think we'll just see him slowly, but surely, kind of lose touch with, uh, with um, Fabio. And we're gonna get. We're gonna get Banyai or a late charge again, like we saw last season. Um, Misano again. Who knows? Good track That's for both a, of them. Good track for both of them. Hopefully, I well. I say hopefully Banyai wins, but that's purely for like a, a championships perspective for me. Um hopefully a fight, a fight. That's yeah. what we want. But... I don't think we've really had a Fabio Banyai fight. So, really. um, so yeah. I, I, of course, there's more strong tracks. If you think about it from Banyai's perspective, we've still all the tracks he won last season. We still have yet to come. So what was it? Aragon, Misano. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the rest of them actually. Valencia. Valencia, Port- no, Portimao. We've done. But um, still, still, there's, has a, there's, a, there's a few, and again, yeah, there's, there's the flyaways that are unknowns. Again, the, I mean, I'm Fabio could, Fabio final. could, yeah, he could. Fabio could sweep the floor with them, but again, Seppang, that might be a I'll who knows. At, I don't know. I it's all this
2: maybe. I look at Thailand, yeah. and I think. Your Petco. favorite track. Yeah, yeah. I fucking ape Thailand, but, but I, then, I just, Philip, I just Philip think Thailand. Philip Island, Island could is still not be a mixture. Ducati. Yeah, it's not it's not a naturally do carry track. I mean But then you again know, you've got a few open open sort of throttle cor- Do you know what I mean like corners that you haven't really gotta like mm. slow right down for apart from like Honda corner and melt and, and the Yeah, you know, I guess Lucky Hyatt's corner. But still still it's not I wouldn't look at it and go, That's a Yamaha track. If anything, it's it's probably a Honda track more than any track mm. years gone by in the sense of like you know, you need to be really on the limit. And if you can work on the limit around some of those corners, then you can gain a lot of time. I would say it suits a Honda more than anything. And Metegi, you've literally got straight, corner, corner, straight, corner, corner, straight. So honestly, in terms of like the tracks, I mean, Aragon, that back straight, you've got a massive Ducati yeah. advantage there. Years gone by. Mazano, a track that Pecco knows so well. Thailand, Metegi. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I do... Gen- and this is not even like a... You know, I'm trying to play on the side of like, oh, well, if we lose, don't say I didn't tell you so. I'm just genuinely saying, like, if if, if you look at it on just paper, I would say the tracks we're going into look like they favour the Ducati more than the Yamaha. Just on, on paper. Not like huge margin or anything like that. I just think mm. as rough tracks... Do you know what I mean? As tracks go, yeah. I would say they suit Ducati more. But- they do, we- but I think... I mean, look we, at Aston. We went into Aston going, Fabio. And he didn't yeah. win, did he? Crashed out. So you never know what's going he, to happen.
1: He had a that he brain fart, which never really happens. But it, it, well, it can happen sometimes. But I think with um, a Ducati, or how they're going to look at these next races, I think if I read correctly somewhere that Banyaya can win every race, but if, say, Fabio finishes second in every race, it's not enough for Banyaya. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got I love to, it when like... people
2: post that, because it's like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, but yeah,
1: you know, Banyai is not going to win every race. I don't think from here yeah. till the end of the season it ain't going to happen. And if it does, no. then fuck it out. Um, if Cause... he manages it, if he manages it, he's got to hope that some of those new caddies are going to be in the gap or are going to stop Fabio winning or be in that gap where if Fabio's further down than him, you know, I he's see, got to
2: a... I see Fabio winning mm-hmm. one, maybe two more races at least this year.
0: Yeah, I so see Pecco winning one day. or
2: two. Yeah, and I see I, honestly, I think Maverick will win a race this year. Maybe I think he's in the shout. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, maybe. And I, and, and I see so either like, at, a,
2: a, a a satellite Ducati winning a race.
0: I mean, looking at the tracks, you got Mazzano,
2: Pecco, I think. So or Fabio.
0: Pecco, you got Aragon, Pecco,
2: Pecco. You've got Motegi. Anyone's uh, because they're, they're so thingy. At anyone's really. Uh, you know what? metegi I'll go. I'll say Vinyales. I'll say Vinyales okay. to win at uh, you got Thailand. He's rode there before at GP. So
0: right, you, you got Thailand. So that's probably a Ducati. I would assume.
2: And just just for uh, just for the, the uh, argument's sake, I know a lot of them have rode at metegi in GP, but I'm saying Vinyales is quite experienced, and I just think the, the form that he was on, I think he will pick back up on tracks that suit him a little bit more. Like, Maverick's shit up around Mizano. Maverick's always been shit. He, he, he literally went from Yamaha to Aprilia, tested at Mizano and everyone was like, oh my god, he's going to do wonders when he gets on the Aprilia. And then he went to, like, Aragon and it was like, oh. It's because he, he's really good around Mizano, so I wouldn't be surprised if right. Maverick's there to fight at Mizano, to be honest with you.
1: A lot of options.
2: Yeah, um, on, the, on the, Yeah, don't yeah. don't be ridiculous, Josh. <laughs> um, but then you got
0: Phillip Island. I could see that being a Fabio Anyone.
2: win. Anyone that that track is always such a like dice throw, isn't it? In terms of who could win that. Mm-hmm.
0: Casey Stoner could wildcard. Philip Phillip Island. Yeah, Casey <laughs> Stoner could wild card and win well, on the fucking. He KTM, was getting fitted for leathers. How, how long ago?
2: Yeah, um, but I mean, then you so, got just you just got, got Sepang, Phillip Island. If I land, I don't know if it says I land, um, but um, Island. honestly, if a 2018 Yamaha can win around it, then anyone can. Because that bike was shite. So uh, honestly, KTM, if you're going to win a race, Remy Gardner, home race, home win. <laughs> put him under the <laughs> sword, put him to the sword, show them how it's done. Uh, honestly, it could, it could fucking happen. Because <laughs> it could, uh-huh. it, could, it could piss it down. It could, it could do anything. It's Philip Island, so God knows. And Sepang, I'm not, I'm, I sound like a Maverick fanboy here. I mean, I once was when he was at Yamarat, but he's won round at Sepang before. He tested round it, always quick round Sepang. A prilly as quick in a straight line. But as we know, we're, we're missing one thing here. I jinx everything. So if he crashes out at Mizano, at Mategi, and at Sepang, you know what?
0: We all know who to blame. Yeah, but, but then you got uh, Valencia, yeah. yeah, as the last race. Oh, and
2: I can eat that, I we, eat that track.
0: Yeah, we all know how Bono feels about Valencia, but I mean, I could see that one being a Ducati win.
2: Thing is, I, I uh, didn't used to mind it, and just as years have gone on, I think like it just never appealed to. it. Say, I'll probably go at one point with it being the last. I don't race, know if it just
1: gets. Just... I don't know if it just gets tarnished because we've not really had much of a championship fight.
2: I just think it's like Uh, a go-kart track, though. It's like, yeah, turn, straight turn, straight turn, straight turn, 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 straight finish. Like, there's no character to it. It's literally just like, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And then it just, that's it. The the race is, the the lap's done, really. I just, I don't know. Mm. And I mean, of all bikes, to get a one, two, three there, Ducati got one at the end of last year. (laughs) It's like, what?
1: But if we can... If we can kind of go back to the the race at hand, I feel like
2: we've we did yeah, get yeah, true, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we are on a tangent, have not we?
1: Miller, Jack Miller, um, mm-hmm. he did well as a ray gunner for for a while. He he held his own, and he needs to really be doing that for the rest of the season.
2: Um, he doesn't. It, it it is a bit boring, but yeah, for Ducati's sake, yeah, he does.
1: Oh yeah, of course, yeah, for Ducati's sake. If if Baniya has a chance. He needs to always be between uh, Fabio and Bagnaia, really. I just don't um, think
2: Miller really gave it a proper go at Bagnaia. No, thing. and it's not like Bagnaia had unbelievable amount like of pace I over don't... Miller. I just think, think when he would. when he had the chance to go for like there was a few times, weren't there, where coming out of like the the middle section into the penultimate corner, you thought just let the break off a bit, like just not like fucking wipe him out. We'll just put one on him to say I'm winning this, and it just felt very polite. Yeah. And you, I you get think the respect, he... but it was a bit too
1: polite. Yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not fighting for his place anymore. He's going. So you think he would? But again, they are good friends, aren't they, Miller and Banyaya? So I'm not really that surprised. They gave it a little go. They had a little bit of a fight, but not too much. Um, Jack Miller maybe was thinking, "I'll just, I'll show you that I could, I could do it if I wanted to." And then he backed <laughs> yeah. off too much. Yeah. No, um, but
2: then, like Luca Marini, where did that come from? That was honestly. Right. if I wasn't picking Fabio. He'd be my rider of the day because that's a phenomenal ride. Phenomenal
1: a, ride. Out, out of nowhere. Who who had him in in the Ducati pileup? Who had
2: him to be yeah. kind of first loser in terms of podium places? Um, I think he is one of them. Marini sort of just goes under the radar so often with how good he actually
1: he does. is. Yeah, forget about when. I mean, look at um, the, look at the
2: names he's beaten: Zarco, Aleish, who's right. second in the, pro- yeah. in the championship, yeah. Rins, Bezecchi, Martin. I mean, Martine. <laughs> oh. Like, yes. oh dear me, that was a um, uh, an interesting um, one. I mean, it's it's good for Martin's sake that he's not getting a penalty for his ladders being open, <laughs> but <I> think- um, <laughs> yeah, kind of frustrating.
0: Oh. And then. And then, like early on in the race, there was a the whole discussion about you know Ducati and uh Martine and bastianini
2: ah oh, bastianini and then like
0: bastianini what he his he bent his rim hitting a curb,
2: yeah, he came out of like I think, I think it was, it was the like start. one of the last corner one of the last few corners or something, and then like hitting the curb, bent his wheel in or something like yeah, that. that
1: was weird because he kept on going, yeah. and I thought what the I, I had my
2: three-race prediction wins on the day. I mean, I did have um, Vinales before the weekend started to win, which <laughs> at this rate, I've had Vinales for every race. But honestly, going into the race day, I just went, I had Sasaki, Agora, and Bastianini. And I do genuinely think at the beginning of that race, I thought, he looks up for it. And I, just, I do think he had the pace, but it was just mm-hmm. a, a sad state of affairs. Speaking of... Jean-Amir has still not landed.
1: Wow. That, that was... <laughs> the, they didn't show a replay either.
2: I, was I, did, like, I almost didn't see happened? a replay, but then I, I sent you the tweet, didn't I, Josh, of Like, yeah. this is what actually happened to him, oh and I was like, God. oh, my God.
1: It was like oh, marcus esque from, uh, from not Indonesia. not an eyespider,
2: though, is he? That bike's not a high siding bike and he's never been a crasher. But the last, That's, yeah, I know the last few races, he's crashed a lot. I, I get that. But like, Rind last did it for six about races, three years. So let's chill out for a sec. <laughs> and Mia, <laughs> he's just never, it's like, just not Mia. I just think Mia wants this, this season to just finish. I, and to be honest, since they announced, I think it was in Hareth, that they weren't carrying on, since then, that team has just gone to bits. It's yeah, gone it has, to bits.
1: Oh, no one yeah. cares anymore. And he's probably he's probably distracted by his Honda negotiations. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. they're being dragged out because by the sounds of it, it's not 100% complete. So there must be some little bits that need ironing out. So his mind's distracted. He's in a team that's no longer continuing. So what's the point? I just think, yeah, he's lost his head. And uh, Rins, is, I don't know what, what the change has been with Rins, but of course, he's kind of kept
2: it together. Um, in a way, yeah. really. I
1: mean, he's, he's got, got his, his future spells, though,
2: is he? He's yeah, cells, He's like, "Oh, I look good," and then he just fades away. Let's I mean, yeah, it. Suzuki. They might as well just
1: pack up and go on now. It's Honestly, just, what is the point? What right. is the point? It
2: There's just, just no point. Since, since then, since mm. the announcement, they look. I mean, at the beginning of the year, you thought they found more horsepower. They've got it, potential. They've got they've got two riders that are fit as you know. With no injuries, no issues or anything, and you thought. Tell you what, they got Livio Supo in, who, you know, I mean, he'd been there. It just looked like on the up. And then as soon as they announced that, it's just not not one good thing has come from that team since then. Not one. Okay, Rins leading at Silverstone for three seconds. Like, brilliant. Yeah. Apart from that, that team has done niche since that announcement. I really would love to know. Well, I, th- I don't know. I think it must just be a combination of a lot of things people losing their jobs people you know out of contract in general so they know that there's nothing to fight for do you know what i mean like it just seems a little bit like mm-hmm. we're making ends meet for the sake of it and i, I don't know It it is sad really because i like suzuki and i like mir and i like rins but mir i stick up for so much and it's just not him that's not that's not the mir that i know racing at the minute he, he just seems a complete different rider yeah um, that's true and that that, that was not anyone that's not seen it just put it on in in twitter or whatever or maybe we'll retweet it um what actually happened to me i think someone tweeted it with that caption like what actually happened to me um and it is some crash like that is some yeah. crash and josh mentioned it i don't know if you were in the call when we when we said this uh, matt but josh mentioned it as to the absolute i don't even know what word to use but the guy that, or girl, or whoever, that has tweeted, or the Instagram post that said, "Oh, the only upside of the um, the crashes crash is that he's like in air form was impeccable," or something like that. Like, like Matt Oxley summed it up perfectly in being like, "Go in a car at like 80 mile an hour and jump off the roof and see how you feel." It's like, why, why are you celebrating that? Like, what are you on about? I, just in general, the uh the caption they used to summarise that crash was just it hurt my head reading it and I just thought these people are paid <laughs> to to, you know, make up for that. And yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. But anyway, um any other points or is it rider of the day time? I've already justified mine. God.
0: Yeah, I mean we can move on to rider of the day. I'm gonna go who Josh, who are you going with?
2: Marini. An
0: easy Bastard. choice. <laughs> you dick. I, I thought you were gonna go for the person who fell off.
1: So um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, Marini for me. Uh again, I know that the, the Ducati is they meant to do well around here and they're meant to kind of sweep sweep the field, but no, I think uh he's done a good job. He's beat the likes of Zarko, Martin, um Rin's Binder, Aspar, Grock, I could go on. So yeah. Marini with another show, another show in why is a bit of a dark horse. And he's he, he shows that 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 potential that he has and
0: you know that he could be a future fact, Ducati rider, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna go with oh shoot, who do I want to go with? I'm gonna go Brad Bender. I think seventh place when K- you K- look yeah, at I'm all fine. the other Kate, yeah. When you look at all the other uh, um, KTM's, yeah, you got Oliveira finishing twelfth. You've got, you know, Vigna- yeah, Vinales, <laughs> yeah, finishing eighteenth. Gardner finishing twentieth in a lap down. I didn't know he had crashed at some point, but yeah, you, know, you look at all the other KTM's, and it's just like you see Bender in seventh place. It's like, yes, I, I, that deserves rider of the day for me.
2: Yeah, I can't see Josh picking. I've picked a Yamaha rider. You've picked a KTM rider. I don't think there's going to be any Honda riders on Josh's <laughs> list, is there?
0: No, no Honda no.
1: riders. Uh, no Suzuki riders either. So
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at the standings, we've got Fabio Quattarara in first place with 200 points. Alicia Spargo in second with 168. And Peko Benyai in third with 156. Now drops down to Zarco at 125. So this is a three-horse race at this point. Um, I, I just... I mean, we've we, we got to wait and see how everything plays out. You never know what might happen. But I could see Fabio running away with this.
2: Running away now. I don't see
0: running away. Maybe not running away, but he like I don't see the other two catching him. He never crashes. He he doesn't screw up. I mean, I think, think, think you
1: Ban- will know. just be chipping away at his lead, but it, again, too little, too late, and he's made too many mistakes.
2: Honestly, so, if you want, if you want my yeah. opinion on it, I I think it sounds so weird to even say this, but and. I did say this to Josh when Josh was like, "Fabio's won it already, like four aces in or whatever." <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, I do think Peko will win it. I think Peko will win it. I just see, really? I see okay. eight, yeah, I see eight ducatis, and I just think like, if you can't win it with eight ducatis, then yeah, you may as well pack up and go home. And like, yeah, I, I just it, it's it's a if Fabio win the fact that Fabio's won a world title anyway with how many ducatis there are is one thing, but. If Fabio wins this world title against Ducati with eight Ducatis in terms of how good a bike that Ducati is, I think that is one of the best world championship like winning titles in recent mm-hmm. time, if not of, of all time, genuinely. I, I, I really do put it up that high. Just look what he did on Sunday. Look what he did. It, no one's doing it. No one has done it in, in the past in terms of like on a bike that everyone else is doing that bad on and you go, Oh yeah, they have Marquez. Exactly. That's the field I'm putting him in. What right. he's doing on that bike is unbelievable. And if he manages to do it against eight Ducati I mean people, are like, not all eight of racing for it, but yeah, but all eight can fight for a win. All four Yamahas can't, which really? yeah, f- fair enough to Ducati, but I'm saying if Fabio over, overpowers that, that's unbelievable. That that to me is incredible, and if you were Ducati, you'd right. be saying sign him, wouldn't you? You'd be like, we need to just sign him. If at this point, like like with Marquez, they tried and tried and tried to beat Marquez every year and they couldn't. So what did they do? Tried to sign him. It's you know what I mean if you can't beat them, join them sort of thing. But the other way around, it's what he's doing is unbelievable. And um, yeah, I, I don't. You don't have to be Yamaha fan to sit there and say it. Mm. That, that every. Everyone after that race was celebrating Fabio like it was a win for him because it, it essentially was, like Josh said, it's like five points is what you took off of him. Unbelievable. But yeah. right?
0: <clears throat> so moving on to MotoGP Fantasy. Uh, for this race, we have a top three of Motorsport Matic with 1,000. 000... No, he had 161.5 points for this race. Second wow. place, Tuna Pills with one hundred and forty-four, and then Honey's Honey in third with one hundred and twenty-five. <laughs> Looking at the overall season, you've got in first place forty-six, forty-six on thirteen hundred and fifty. You've got Tech's team in second with thirteen hundred and four, and then I. What is this name in third place? It's N N A L U B. Nalu Bali in third place with twelve
2: hundred and ninety five point five, and Josh, in Josh, four, in 10 fourth. Points behind. Yep. I haven't come on, haven't, Josh.
1: I've not looked at my team in like three races, so.
2: <laughs> well, Josh, out of the top you don't have Marquez. Has... Out of well, actually, out of the well, the top ten. There's only if there's like two of them have used all three boosts, and the other eight haven't. And you're one of them that hasn't used your last boost, so. You're still in the ballpark. It's not like you've got one One left.
0: You've Ah, got one left. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've got two left. I
0: I am in 57th place.
2: Oh, I'm catching you up then. And Bono is in 60th. (laughs) Oh.
0: So... Mind you, I still have two, or we both have two boosts left.
2: And to say, so. to be honest with you, Matt, I'm not trying to embarrass you here, right? because I am in 60th, so it doesn't matter either way. But the fact that I had Mar- Marquez in for three races without realizing, whilst he was injured, <laughs> I'm doing all right to be catching you up. That's not bad. That is not bad at all. I mean, I think, wait, how many points am I on? 9.19, and you're on what? You're 57th, you say? I mean, 9.86. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't have caught you, but, like, Jorge Martin. If he wouldn't have shafted me on the last few laps, I'd have been, I'd have been doing a lot better. Like, but, but yeah, you never know. Never know, mate. he could get beaten by the uh, the guy that manages to jinx everything ever, and that would be quite poor from anyone to get beaten by me on fantasy because I always manage to fuck it up. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I mind you, I, like I said, I haven't used
0: a boost in a while i'm gonna i'm will be boosting uh peko for this weekend really but yeah i just him around Mazzano. it's that's I a match, of man, it, I
2: how the pressure got to him last time
1: i was thinking of it but i'm not i'm gonna oh. stay away i'm staying away
2: L- little little yeah, i think we're... little <laughs> <laughs> Little dig there. What really
0: screwed me, yeah, this race, was I put Bastianini in as a gold rider. Because mm. I saw how well he was doing. I'm like, oh, yo, know, I'm going to move him up to gold. He gets pull, like, yes. And then, you know, bends a wheel. And, yeah, yeah I, I lose mean, all
2: those points. See, I've moved Basti, I've put Bastianini in my team for this week. Because Bastianini Ramazano, I think people might forget, is bloody quick. <laughs> Two podiums yeah. around Mizano last year on, a, on the, the essentially slowest Ducati. And, Ducati, yeah. Yeah, look, looked fucking brilliant. And I do think he'll have a, like the bit between his teeth. And I think he'll do all right. And I've, I've also put in... I've taken Jorge Marti now, and I've put in Luca Marini. Because I just think... Now I've got Zezeki Marini um, in my Silver Riders. Because I think, well, they've done hundreds and thousands of laps around that place with VR46. I've got Ducati as my right. team, so if Pecco does actually manage to pull up something out of the bag, or Bastianini, then I get their points. Then I've got Bastianini himself and Fabio. So on paper, I should have a great weekend. But on paper, I never fucking do. So it makes no difference. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, I'm looking at mine now. I don't really. Know I've got if... so I've got Bastianini and Benyaya as my gold riders. I'm like I said, I'm going to boost Benyaya uh, and hope for the best. I've got Yamaha as my team.
2: Oh God, that's a risky one, man.
0: And then Silver, I've got Aleish and Brad Bender. But as long as Fabio does well, I get uh, I get yeah. a decent haul with Yamaha. And but he does the every to, race. I went
2: to Ducati because I was like, surely one of the eight have got to do well.
0: Right. They're either going to win or they're going to be close to the post. Well, what was that uh, there's been a
2: Ducati on
0: every podium for since like
2: last year at some point. 20 race, yeah. But Like I said right. in the yeah. Silverstone thing, it's like, Just, it's no, that's no flex, that is, when you've got eight bikes on the grid.
1: I've updated my team. Right. so oh boy, here we go. Silver riders are Martine and Bastianini. Good. And my gold riders are, <clears> oh, <throat> my team is Ducati, obviously. <clears> and <throat> my gold riders are Quattraro and Banyaya.
2: You've I tell you what, you've cashed in at the right times for them, aren't you? Yes. You know, with like the stock value yeah. change and stuff. You have cashed in. No wonder you're at fucking top. I, I'm sitting there with Mark Marquez devaluing in my team <laughs> when he's injured. Stone and again, and Rossi <laughs> thinking, oh, I'll cash him in for about five million. And I come back to it and I'm like, he's worth he's worth two million because he's injured. <laughs> and all i can get is polis grow for him and i'm like yeah i've been shafted but at the same time i was stupid enough to leave it but hey we've we've got josh flying our flag aren't we so you know there's that
0: yeah oh and that's um on the uh greg's garage podcast um his co-host jason purdmore is it's the same thing like he is so because of the whole market value increase and decrease he is so screwed like his team's worth like fifth i think it was like 14 million at this point
2: yeah yeah i couldn't even tell you what mine's worth now but like what it's been worth through the season's probably been about like <laughs> genuinely seven figures like it could not <laughs> have been eight there's no way there's no way my team oh, value josh is 16 is... team point now but josh's must josh what's your team value do you know can you see it 18
0: million uh... eight Eighteen
2: million. seconds yeah
0: 18.8 mine is 18.5
2: mind 60.9. <laughs> oh, well, the well. guy
0: in sixth place, uh JLSD Racing, is rated at 20.6 million. Oh my god. Let's see who he's got. He's got Miller, Banyaya, Ducati, Quateraro, and Alish. how
2: no. how did he make this work? He must have picked Alish at like the beginning of the year. He must have done. And then picked like you know, Fabio. And then had all the money left up for Bagnaia and picked somebody like really like low down that did well. I don't know, but fair play, fair play. I mean, yeah, Ducati. Yeah, you have <laughs> like, Bagnia, you to yeah. You've got, you've got to have an element of luck, can't you? You can't. It's not all fucking knowledge because if you went all knowledge, then you, you just wouldn't work. I mean, that's what I try and do. I go off of right. what makes sense, and it just doesn't when it comes down to it. But there we go.
1: Right, that's me. But yeah, that is a strong um, team I've got now. Yeah, uh, let's yeah.
2: let's go. Right, I think it's just socials, Matt, and then you can find socials, can, and then you can see our, your your uh, your return episode.
0: Yes, Yeah, So uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Red Sector GP. Uh, you can follow myself at Matt Polanski one on everything. You can follow Bono at Bono GP underscore on. Twitter and was it, it's just Bono GP on Instagram.
2: Yeah, and Bono GP on Instagram. And then there's that the. G-
0: F- yep. And then Josh, you can follow him at what is it? Your Twitter because you changed it. He's just yeah.
2: Red- You're rusty, Matt. You're rusty. <sighs> at red C- I know. I will, I'm not You're using my normal you. laptop. Retire, Matt. Retire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a red. But, C- yeah, I'm Josh. not using. I mean. Yep. I don't really use it much
0: anyway, but yeah, if you want to follow me, why not? Yeah, and uh, for those of you wonder where I've been, I just, uh, with work, I couldn't really make this go to work. I'm on holiday or vacation, whatever the hell you call it, so I was able to stop in. Um, if for some reason you still want to hear me, I've been doing a uh, podcast called the Indie Sports Card Podcast as like a reoccurring guest thing, so uh, it's... It's a really good show. I've listened to it for a number of years, and they were kind enough to let me come on and talk IndyCar. So if for some reason you want to still listen to me, you can hop over there and give out a listen. But uh, that'll do it for today. And with that, keep the throttle pinned.